Hi, I'm Justin Arnett Graham. And I'm Nariba Shepard. And, and this, this is Terms of Service. You want to start us off? Boss man? <laughs> of course. Well, hi, Nariba. How are you? Oh, hey, what's up? I'm oh, good. No, You right. good, Justin? I'm, I'm lovely. Thank you. So people are probably listening to this and wondering who we are, what we stand for, kind of what our background, and also what makes us, you know, quote unquote, qualified to have an opinion, a dialogue, or, you know, any sort of additional capacity in regards to the industry. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that we, you know, let them, let them know who we are a bit, right? And so let's start with how we met. You remember? It was a cold day. Gloomy. It was gloomy. Yet so sunny. Yes, (laughs) it was. Um, So I met you because of Six Feet Apart, Mm -hmm. um, which is insight into how COVID-19 sort of shook us to the point where there was no return. Um, Yeah. And... uh, I was surprised that I had never met you. (laughs) I was also surprised that I never met you either. Yeah, because you're like, you're the guy that everyone, you're the guy. That guy. guy, That guy guy. that everyone knows. Um, But it was mostly around, you know, finding people who could have conversations about the industry in a way that made people feel less like employees and more like human beings. Mm. And I think that's what connected us was like both of us were our our people that like know that the humanity is missing in the hospitality industry and Mm -hmm. like not too many people in the industry even think that that's what's happening. Absolutely. And I will say, you know, to kind of extend upon how we met through mm-hmm. six six feet apart, it was obviously an internal sort of like content structure to really bring identity and additional context to, yeah. you know, what traditionally feels like a faceless industry, right? You know, it's, you remember the cocktail, mm-hmm. unless you don't. Um, <laughs> but you rarely remember the person, yeah, right? And in regards to kind of the external elements, I wanted people to think of, you know, this is potentially decimate, decimating our industry, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to support, seek out those people that you have a relationship with in order to support, because that is how the community would thrive for sure right for sure. and ultimately survive through whatever sort of winding road this this has been we are on it absolutely and what i began to to realize and my colleagues began to realize as well is six feet apart conceptually and actually you know physically as mm-hmm. we're six feet apart right now <laughs> uh shout out to uh regulations and keeping one another safe Yes. Boom. <laughs> yes. I was like, can I go? Burr, 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 burr. But I mean, yes. maybe, yeah. Yes. I... Yeah, of, of course. You can do whatever, <laughs> whatever you wish. It's, it was interesting 
because we realized that the runway was a bit too long, right? Yeah. And we wanted to find a way to responsively tilt the microphone to the community. To the know? people who don't have voices Absolutely. as well as no faces. Correct. Which was like, I think one of the things that we sort of talked about when I sat down for that interview was like, it, you realized in this time that, and the most important thing about this for me is that we are the ones that create special moments for people. And right. by creating those anniversaries and birthdays and catered events, we are missing out on anniversaries and birthdays and weddings. And like, I think because people assume it's your job to do it, that you shouldn't care that you're missing those things. And I think that the only way that we can fix the service industry is also by helping outsiders understand that we are also just people. Were those people at the grocery store standing in line behind you? Were at those people? Were those people at the dog park? Like, we're not we're just your neighbors. We're your neighbors. <laughs> we're not just the people who like drop it off on your table and bust out of there. Absolutely. You know, I mean, Absolutely. we definitely have picked up that motto. It's like <laughs> get her done and get out. But we should try to be kinder to not only ourselves. But to the expectations that are that's go that are going to come out of this, you know, open mind, more time, yeah, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how it's kind of how we got started. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. It was. Well, my background in in the industry is, you know, similar to what I feel like is a lot of people's. You know, you kind of fall fall into it mm -hmm. because of, you know, a potential lack of option, curiosity, uh, you know, freedom in regards to, you know, how you're, you know, spending spending your time. And I realized that I wasn't necessarily satisfied, um, you know, writing for money. And I needed something as like a 24-year-old kid to mm -hmm. help me pay, pay my bills and pay my way. And, you know, I started at a <clears throat> very cookie-cutter, just Mexican restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. And some of the best people from that establishment unfortunately were not the owners and it was their idea from some town in minnesota mm -hmm. that they knew how to execute this cultural appropriative uh, <laughs> yes uh, for lack of better terminology yes and you know i i was a bartender there and you know i was making considerable considerable money and one day and this is gonna sound like such a starry-eyed tale but there was this gentleman that came in every wednesday sat at the bar 
And one day when he was leaving, he's like, Justin, do you know why I come here every Wednesday? I was like, because I keep that Diet Coke full. You damn and, right. And also, and also, you never have to ask me for sour cream, bro. Never. Because I got you. Hmm. Okay? So don't worry about it. And he's like, that's hysterical, but I hate my job. And every time I interact with you, it's so sincere and so authentic. And that is what propels me through the remainder of my week. Aww. And that just kind of made me realize that hospitality was less of, you know, a four-walled industry, but an emotional connect. And that's kind of where, you know, I started. I'm originally from from Chicago, um, you know, I mean, grew up on the north and west sides, um, you know, shout out to Logan Square, hello. Um, but then also grew up like super far north, like virtually Wisconsin, Round Lake Beach, Grays Lake. Hot damn. It's Wisconsin, anyhow. And I came back to Chicago after some considerable time away out east, and, you know, as I had mentioned that I was kind of sparked into being a part of, of this industry, I just wanted to learn more because I realized that I was start, I started at food service, but I wanted to elevate to the level of artistry. Mm-hmm. And that is why I came back to Chicago because this was back when, you know, Alinea and L2O were the only two, three-star Michelin uh, establishments in yeah. the entire city and I was just like this is where I need to be and this is where I came um so I started um about 10 years ago realistically and I always wanted to get into cooking and because I am from Trinidad and my mom is foreign she Shout made out to sure the islands. Make, she made sure that I like had a degree in something that I could use just in case I broke my foot. Um, And as soon as I graduated, I did a culinary program out of a food bank in Burlington, Vermont. And I was like, I have to move to a city so that I could continue to grow in a culinary sense um, because there's like 25 restaurants in the entire state of Vermont. Um, But when I moved to Chicago... I'm sure they're delicious. They are. Shout out to Vermont. There we go. You got good foods and maple syrups. Yes. Um, But... And cheddar. Mm. All right. Um, But when I moved to Chicago, I sort of ended up just falling into fine dining. Um, And... I think in a way that it was a blessing, but it was also a curse because (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't, it, you like, you have to filter out a lot of bullshit essentially to make it in this industry. Um, But by moving to Chicago, I was able to further my, further my studies and my creativity and like, I think working at like Blackbird and Green River and those places like really helped me appreciate food in a bigger sense. Of course. But it also taught me a lot about what I learned when I was in college, which is 
you need to put your mental health first. And I think that by having a degree in human development and family studies, I <laughs> was able to communicate with my staff in a more efficient way by the time I became a chef. So that's how I got started. Love that. Okay, perfect. So I wanted to start a podcast. And I was minding my business. <laughs> because I was looking looking for ways to increase being a potential asset to the industry. Because it wasn't always just financial with mm-hmm. me. It was, you know, freedom of creativity. It was freedom of expression. It was also freedom of acceptance Mm -hmm. because similar to you know my background and my lifestyle it hasn't always been the easiest to just freely be who who i am do you mean as a brown queer facts yeah okay that part because same that part (laughs) you know and so so just being in the industry similar to you for you know, 10 years, you know, a decade. Mm-hmm. Right. And just seeing the possibilities of the industry go in ways that literally no one ever imagined. And like, yeah, yeah, for real though. Yeah, for, for, for real. And you start thinking more and more and like longer and harder about some of these like, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., even, you know, like 5 a.m. conversations that are just like, how can I, you know, either elevate myself or how can I elevate, you know, my position Mm -hmm. just like within an establishment, right? And there's just so much to, to navigate. And I think that we talk about ways of navigation through such a you know, convoluted lens because there's so much of it. Because, and also it hasn't changed in over a hundred years. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, 2020 is just, is 2020. Yeah, 2020 is what it is. Right. Absolutely. But there's, there's so much potential positivity coming out of awareness that I think that I think has been the main driving force behind getting getting this off off the ground because the things that the industry talks about it's for the betterment of all of the industry mm-hmm. and and if we if we keep acting like it doesn't exist then we can't champion for the change that we supposedly want without providing a road to redemption and by we it's like not everyone will feel the same way that like we will feel or we do feel about certain topics but i think we're also making it a space where people can learn about things that they might not have necessarily had to um had to have encountered in their particular bubble in the industry because like a lot of these problems are rampant but there are some magical places where people are good people. Completely, completely agree. And and just in a, in addition, in addition to that, I realized just looking through my time throughout the industry that I have been able to succeed at a certain rate 
that is, you know, almost unheard of by some colleagues of mine. You that, damn right. You damn right. right. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, is it because, you know, I'm like the funny, sassy, like, you know, light skin, like, you know, brown skin. You're acceptable. Uh, right. You're acceptable. acceptable. Acceptable passing, what, whatever, whatever it is, but that's, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's not okay. And that is what, you know, again, prompted me to want to do this and put this out there because it's less about me. Um, I, so when I say that my experience in, in the industry is different by comparison to people that look like me, Mm -hmm. the advantages unfortunately don't seem to be the same or even near yeah near to to one another you have to look a certain way you have to speak a certain way for people to take you seriously enough to like give you responsibilities because and i think that what what i've be, what i've begun to learn in having friends in the industry in other states is that it's not like it is here everywhere else. And I feel like what we're going to be talking about is going to be different if you're outside of the state of Illinois because people forget that Chicago is in Illinois all the goddamn time. <laughs> that, so, yes, spot on. Absolutely. I, th- I think that, and, and like this is also from like my experience as an acceptable brown person is that you can move further in the industry if you're not making any waves. And I think that as black and brown people, we grow up learning not to make waves because it's That's a right. safety issue. Yep. So the I less mean, eyes I, on you, the better. Yeah. I mean, like I learned a lot from, going to college at the University of Vermont, which is be white, about, you know, how to fit into certain situations without without making other people feel uncomfortable. And I think that the way that I was able to move so smoothly in a fine dining community is because I was perceived to be very educated, well-spoken, also something that I've heard a lot is not like other black people. Same. And, you know, and like, it's our closeness to, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's more about our closeness to like the European standard, which is a lot of fine dining. Well, I mean, basically we can just call it like it is. It's just, you know, white people. The close, the, the, the closer we are to, whiteness Mm -hmm. helps in being able to move right and a lot of elements of of this industry and this is not something that should be shocking to the people that are listening to this right now but it is though (laughs) but it can be Mm -hmm. yes i just think that it's i just think that it's really really necessary to 
bring to light these sort of like dark side of the plate conversations Mm -hmm. so we can all get better and have tangible resources to help heal our industry. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about wellness, like, yes, we know that we shouldn't be up until 4 or 5 a.m. and then like, you know, opening uh, the, the next day on like a Saturday brunch shift, you know, yes, yes, we know that. However, there is a coping mechanism mm-hmm. that is rampant in in our industry. And obviously, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. We're going to want to hear from, you know, our listeners as well so we can dive into the, to these things. But yeah, it's like we can go on and on. Yeah. Obviously. But, you know, we're just we're just getting started, which is exciting. So I became a part of the podcast by Terms accident. of Service Podcast. Terms of Service Podcast. I became a part of it <laughs> because um, I was asked if I could, if I would be interested in doing the podcast. And because I'm someone who is burning on the inside about all of the feelings that I have in front, like inspired by this industry. I was like, hell yeah, I want to do that. But I didn't know that it was like I would be co-hosting. So when I showed up for the meeting, I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about the episode I'm going to be on. And then I was like, wait, y'all want me to talk yeah, I was about like, all the things? How about every episode, though? That okay would be that. awesome. Um, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, but my like, the reason that I wanted to do it with you is because... You allow you're allowing for a conversation that we do keep behind closed doors and in like secret hallways and three walk-ins. or four shots walk-ins. Deep. Yeah, walk-ins. Yeah. Oh my god, crying in a walk-in. Rite oh. of passage. Rite of passage. Oh my god. <laughs> um, but I think that it's important to also have voices that haven't been heard in the industry talking about it because mm-hmm. I feel like in a sense, even though like I was an executive chef, I think that the, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> The point, I think the like the perspective of someone who still remained a person to a certain, to a certain extent And being in a leadership role and seeing how, you know, I didn't want to be treated. I was able to not treat my employees that way. And I think that Uh. when COVID happened and everyone sort of lost their jobs, it allowed for the conversation to go beyond the walk-in and the bars and crying in your bed in the middle of the night, calling your best friend who doesn't work in the industry because, you know... You need that. Been there. Been there. So could still be there. Still there. Yeah. Still there. <laughs> um I I just wanted to take the opportunity to say things that other people might be afraid to say because they're afraid of losing their livelihood, which is a big thing that happens in this community. And it's like if I'm gonna burn my name to the ground, I should be doing it with Justin. So Well, well, damn. Yeah. Thank you. No problem. And. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I needed a moment from that. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry. Not sorry. 
<laughs> was... um, how are you doing on your drink? This drink is delightful. Are we allowed to, can we talk about this drink now? Is that what we're doing? Oh, okay. So what, what we've been sipping on as we've been talking. Do tell, pray is tell. a refreshing beverage of no booze. Spirit free. Do you want to talk about do you want do you want to talk about like so yes yes i do i do want to talk about it so should we start with the like the the non booze component correct. of this non alcoholic beverage yes and then we'll talk about the artist behind it yes yes so as as this platform develops, we wanted to make sure that we were anchored in a certain level of consciousness. And mm. some of the things that we're going to talk about, the things that we're going to explore, we want to make sure that it's done in a respectful way. Mm. And we also want to allow this platform to be a resource through all elements of the industry, food and beverage. Mm-hmm. And not only the beverage that you're familiar with, but beverages that you, you know, may, may not have yeah. heard, heard of before. And I personally can speak to, you know, just becoming more conscious of my own wellness. And, you know, I like to hang out. I like to have a great time. I like to, you know, I like to get a little faded. I like scotch, so I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I like I like to, you know, decompress or, you know, as Ernest Hemingway would say, oh, girl. bleed on the typewriter. Oh, okay. Girl. Like you sit there and you bleed. <laughs> but anyhow, there is there is great, beautiful artisanal products out there for those that are sober curious, which I didn't necessarily realize. Until I was introduced to Ritual Beverage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when you talk about sober curiosity, what I've realized is when people feel this like stigma about drinking, it's less of what's in the glass, but more so missing out on the exactly. experience mm-hmm. of it. It's and having you know, like an actual beverage that tastes like a cocktail and not like a sippy cup of or juice. soda water with or, lemon yeah. you know which that's fine mm-hmm. of course however you know it's like you're in the middle of a great conversation you're having an awesome time and you know who you're talking with goes outside to smoke a cigarette you know whether you smoke or not you might just go out there and join them yep. because you want to keep that experience alive. Mm-hmm. And so it's great that we're able to partner with brands that believe in the consciousness of wellness. And yeah, you know, Ashley Christine of Garnet has just killed it with uh, with her like riffs. You call it, like, would you call them riffs? No, um... not at all. No, I don't think they're right. I think they stand on their own. Absolutely. For sure. Um, the one that we're sipping on right now is a tequila. Can you hear the air quotations in my voice <laughs> when I say tequila? It's a tequila cocktail or mocktail. Are we, are we okay with mocktail? No. Spirit free. 
It is a spirit-free tequila beverage. Um, and this one has uh, what I was explained is a clarified apple juice that is... What are y'all laughing at? No! Is it good? Okay. No, It's a clarified great. apple juice. Um, there's three different types of green tea, matcha, china green, and Love kombucha matcha. green. Um, and this is based off of her, like, favorite, like, hot bev in the fall times, which is Welcome to it, which is right now. Apple cider and uh, green tea. All right. And um, it, for me, the most interesting part of it is the Persian lime on top. Agreed. And uh, the, like, whisper of cardamom, which is delightful. I think it's delightful. And the sipping quality of it is amazing. That is where I personally yeah. love it. Like, it's not a, oh, it's like juice and I will drink it now. Oh, my God, where did that accent come from? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's not like, you know, just someone threw some stuff in a glass and put it out there. It's completely thoughtful, and I think it went in the same direction as I would look for in a cocktail when I'm allowed to go out and drink again inside of a bar. Um, and also what I've noticed from not being in work mode all the time is that my drinking has significantly gone down since all of this has happened. And sometimes I want to have a drink with my roommate when she comes home from work because only one of us is working right now because it's end times. Um <laughs> But I don't want to have an alcoholic beverage. And I feel like these spirit-free... You want the experience of the drink. Exactly. Without, you know... Pounding it all the way down in, like, two sips because it's delightful. Right. Of course. So our second beverage is what Ashley referred to as the elixir of life. But it's just All a, right, health, come it's a healthy boy. Life. All right. She a healthy boy. Yeah. <laughs> she got body. She does have body. It is a <laughs> yes. like very thoughtful play on like the botanical nature of gins, but she like really reached for that veg veget vegetative state. Vegetal. V veg vegetal. Ve vegetal. vegetal. That's an old quality. <laughs> Does it, yeah. Um, is it, is it definitely has a green juice. It's a green juice base with ginger, serrano, pineapple, poblano. So it's got some spice to it. And roasted tomatilla. Okay. So is that my a ASMR part there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's got spice. It's got a little bit of attitude mm, A little bit it. of grapefruit. Um, and it's garnished with a beautiful mint crown that you can't see, but smells delightful. Absolutely. And even though this one is like, I would say a little bit on the sweeter side of the two, it's not juice. And it's something that you want to sip and not just pound. Absolutely. It's something that you're enjoying mm -hmm. throughout. I will say, though. consuming the cocktail. That if you're Pardon a person. <laughs> gin alternative beverage. Mm -hmm. 
I will say if you're a person that likes very, like, I don't know. If you, if you, I keep wanting to say if you fucks with Juniper. If you fucks with Juniper, <laughs> this might not be the gin for you. It's more like on the Aquavit side, but it is delightful. As is. Boom. State of the industry. I like that. Yeah. 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 Oh. Mm. I think there's a podcast by the name. Terms of service is better. Oh, absolutely. It's a double entendre. Well, so state of the industry, but it's fine. (laughs) So obviously, I like double entendres. It's it's fine. It's what you do. It's what I. And so and now this is like now I'm personally feeling good. I Mm -hmm. hope that you are as well. Yeah. You know, just I'm like, right. You know, it's just forget all this. You know, it's just just two gals chatting it up. Oh my god, you're right. You're right. And Max. Hey Max. (laughs) And Ashley and Dob. So you know, we're just first one. Yeah. (laughs) So you know, we're all we're all chilling, chilling together. But I'm ready to go whenever you are. When it came to when it came to start figuring out studio spaces and you know what sort of aesthetic we wanted to produce in in this regard we wanted it to be hyper reflective of the state of the industry right so there are countless businesses that have closed or could potentially be on on the brink Mm -hmm. or they're just not fully operational due to again the you know, coronavirus pandemic, and we wanted, absolutely, and I thought that it was really important to, as much as we're tilting the microphone to the community of hospitality, we wanted to also include the spaces of hospitality, right, and, you know, today we're really fortunate to be recording um, from Blind Barber Chicago, like, located in, in the West Loop, Fulton Market, and you know they're great great friends and you know really really have always been a place for you know intersectionality of creativity oh i thought you were just gonna be like others and others (laughs) (laughs) and and others yeah and so i think that oh i know i know that it's it's important to highlight not only their commitment to help uplift industry voices, but to also, you know, just let people know that these places are still in existence. But, you know, the energy, the energy is not only of the four walls, it's through every person that has and will come through this building again. So. Um, so like one yeah, of the, what do you want to talk about one of, oh, well, I don't want to talk about a lot of stuff, Same. but <laughs> for me coming into this, there was already a level of like shedding my own shit about the industry sort of. And that. I like had a lot of conversations with my mom about doing the podcast and because Surprise slash spoiler alert. I'm not an American citizen. 
Um, my mom's very foreign, and she because Where's my your dad. Mom from? Trinidad. Oh, yes. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, small island off the coast of Venezuela. Um, And for my mom, she was very protective of me because my dad was the editor of a newspaper and he was banned from a lot of places because he only spoke the truth. But I think she's nervous for me about talking up about something that seems to be so hush hush. And, for example, like, sexism, racism, like, verbal abuse, which a lot of people don't like. Wait, let me take that back. A lot of people know about because of a certain man who made it his entire livelihood by being a D-bag on TV as a chef. And, um... Someone also called this man... A douchebag, but yeah, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that, like, I, I just don't care anymore. And I think we need to talk about these things. And my mom wanted me to, like, be careful of how I'm talking when I'm, when we start recording. And which I, is now. Which is now. <laughs> and I just. I just don't want to not say the things that I haven't been able to say for 10 years. And I think it was frustrating hearing my mom telling me to watch what I'm saying when I'm used to specifically men, because that's like, you know, a large percentage of the people who dominate the food service industry tell me no, that I'm wrong and that I don't understand how things work. But like, what if we change the way things work? No, they're not going to like that. No. No, no, not not at all. And, you know, especially when we start talking, period, actually. Like, when we start talking. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some people are already upset, and we haven't even started talking. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> a- absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think it's really, you know, a unique perspective to you know, come from a truth speaker's, you know, reality. Mm -hmm. Because what I have, what I've experienced with, within this industry is a lot of, a lot of times it's been truth skewed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Truth adjacent. Yes, it'd be truth adjacent. And be like, well, it's this way because I feel like it's this way and, and that's it. And you know, that, that in and of itself is one, it's confusing. And Mm -hmm. two, it's just, it's borderline abusive, but it's all the way just bullshit, you know? And it's like that parent thing that, parents do i wouldn't know but they're like do as i do as i say not as i do exactly and that's the entire like at least from a back of house perspective that's how it has been it's like i've worked with people who are like this is how we do it and then i turn around and they're doing it a different way and they've never they've never they've never (laughs) seen it never done it never been there like don't know her you know, not not at all. They're just like not over here. Not never. Not ever. Mm-mm. Okay, <laughs> okay. And it's 
it's it's high time for you know just to like cut out all that all that extra shit mm-hmm. right and i feel a lot of that comes from accountability mm-hmm. right you know it's just like you not only fundamentally have to hold yourself accountable but you should be holding you know leadership ownership accountable uh and the community should also be holding itself accountable yes and just with the you know current state of the world but specifically the industry the the idea of businesses being operational in the fractured state that they are but then external community be like you know it's my birthday shout out to you ma'am you're 50 (laughs) but also shout out to you congrats um but there's no sort of humility there's no sort of empathy no to to really try and you know identify with you know who's helping to create this experience for you exactly and yeah is it is it a bit of you know a class war currently it can feel that way because we know how the industry works right? yeah so i'm talking about it from a front of house perspective but mm-hmm. basically in order to get your benefits it is x amount of hours averaged over a course of so many months mm-hmm. and you qualify for you know a certain range of benefits the shutdown happened in march which means that you're coming fresh out of you know the holiday season so mm-hmm. you might be feeling one way or or the other or um just because how some organizations like to staff their you know their establishments yeah staff their establishments and you know personal opinions over over others and so on and so forth it could mean that certain people lose their benefits right yeah and so Shutdown happens in March. You have two back-to-back stay-at-home orders. Then when things start lessening, people get called back to work, right? Um, But it is a global pandemic that Mm -hmm. not only sends people to the hospital, but also to potentially their graves. And these people haven't been working, so therefore some organizations decide that they're no longer going to be paying their benefits. Exactly. So they've come back to work in order to provide a service, but the community in which that is wanting to be taken care of is not being mindful of the fact that these people are literally putting every element of their, of their livelihood on, on the line. Because yeah. it is a privilege to be able to get sick and know that you'll be taken care of. Exactly. Which is already a thing that we have normalized in the food service industry is no matter how bad you're feeling, you come into work because A, either your team is going to have something to say about it, or B, you can't afford to not work. Because a lot of the times you don't even make a livable wage working in this industry. If you're not a tipped employee. Right. And then that just kind of opens us up for so many different additional, you know, topic, mm-hmm. topics of uh, 
of conversation. I think, I think they'll know where we're going. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I believe so as, as well. And just, I talked about, you know, some things that I wanted to mention was mm-hmm. accountability, community, but then also the outside elements, like outside industries, the perception of this industry, mm-hmm. right? I learned very young in my career within this industry is that it was an honorable thing to be able to take care of someone else. Okay. And when people forget that and feel as if they are, they are above, correct. Uh, They are deserving. They're entitled to that. It's, it's just really, it's really unfortunate and especially when you have people out here that, you know, are freaked out because they're delivering a plate from the kitchen. You don't want to put your mask on. They end up, you know, getting getting sick. They might be fine. But mm-hmm. then we all know that you can pass this on to, to someone else. It's just this has shown, in my opinion, how close we all are to one another. Oh, yeah. Like how intertwined we all are to one another but yet how much we don't give a shit. It's hand in hand. It's like a hand in hand relationship between the employees of the industry and customers. And it's like this weird, just like without one, there cannot be the other. (laughs) Right. It's just like, I'm only here, ma'am, because you're here. Yeah. So welcome. And, uh, you know, let's get to it, but let's get to an abbreviated version of this because Dining is going to be different. It yeah. does not matter if you have an opinion to where it's going to be different or not. It's it's di- going to be different. It's going it's going to be different. I walked into the food service industry like not knowing how sort of like fucked up it could be. Um but what I will say is that I never expected to not have a job when I entered the food service industry. And I think that that's what we all thought because, you know, like we always have something in our back pockets, but if our back pocket is the whole industry (laughs) and is gone because of an airborne virus, which is like, you know, who's it going to affect the most us? Absolutely. We are in small spaces back of house and front of house share the back of house space. And there's still like a minimum of right now, this sign says 95 people are allowed to be in this space. Right. But technically no one's allowed to be in this space. Exactly. And yeah. But, but that's what I'm saying. It was like, it's 95 people are allowed to be in here. And that's in, from a business perspective, like you're going to make X amount of dollars, Mm -hmm. but how can you carry that into what are we at now like 25 percent capacity oh i mean there's a you know zero percent occupancy no i'm talking about that indoor outdoor dining you know when you could be indoors if you're outdoor oh right so i think that was like 25 (laughs) yeah 25 percent you can't you can't say that you've made enough money also, that night like, for 25 people, people like to really dance uh you know between that two and a five because yeah. i've definitely seen a 52 percent out here mm. and i'm just like okay and on one side of the coin i completely um 
understand it. Do I empathize with it? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's irresponsible and I feel like it's reckless. And, and it's very easy to make these decisions from like an ivory tower because the effect is not, it never reaches you. Yeah. You know, it's just like, Oh, well that's, that's, that's unfortunate. And I'm excited to be able to talk with you with, you know, just some potential guests that want to really focus in on, you know, just a lot of the bullshit. And also, I don't want this to come across as just like, oh, it's just like, you know, these two people are just bitching and moaning about the industry. They hate it so much. Why don't they leave it? Just like, why don't we flip that? It's just like, if we give a shit so much, then why don't we try and fix it? Exactly. So, And in the same vein of that is like, if, if we are talking about the general like population of the industry, not everyone can do that. Not everyone can leave and do something new because this is what they've dedicated their lives to. A lot of people Absolutely. don't have a college education within the industry like that I've worked with. And, you know, even with a college education, I can't find a job right now. Right. So it's like, you know, right. you're shit out of luck either way. Right. And, and I think, again, just like, you know, kind of outside perception mm-hmm. on the industry is, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's kind of, it's a fleeting industry, right? Yeah. Like, you know, you it, you treat it like double dutch, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're you're in, you're out. It's just like you know, you might turn yourself all about. It's whatever mm-hmm. you want to do, but it really, really connects back to, you know, this is people's careers. Yeah. Right. And like, it's like if this seem if this seemingly was decimating other industries, I mean, there would just be tons of talk around it, mm-hmm. right? And you know, just another thing that I just want to touch on briefly that we're definitely going to dive in deeper is the role of media within the hospitality space in general, mm-hmm. I think is just skewed to say the least. And, you know, to go back to why I was interested in doing this podcast. So it's in response to that. Yeah. You know, it's just like, the establishments, the initiatives that are going on out here, um, it's not the product of larger scale groups. It is on the backs of the efforts of like mom and pop shops. Exactly. You know, it's just like all of these places doing anything in their capacity to make sure that their community is fed, Mm -hmm. their community is taken care of because they identify and truly believe in the fact that hospitality is a communal common thread. Yeah. Like that's exactly what, what it is. No one's asking you shit about you when you walk in the door, they want to take care of you. And what I have noticed in this time is that the places that are able to stay afloat and keep going are either one places that have a very well established like client base who's willing to spend money even when money's like pretty difficult to come about these days Mm -hmm. um but also the fact that the people that are mostly trying to save these places and giving the money that they don't have away are 
service industry employees. And we can't expect to save our own community without the help of the larger community, which is everyone that ever sat down at a bar on a Friday night and had a drink and talked to your bartender for 30 minutes. Exactly. Give us your money. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. You know, and then you only thought that it was okay to tip them 10%. When never again. Like, never again. Never and, again. You know, we most certainly will go into, you know, just like some tip structures out here, which are just crazy as hell. Because what I also think that people don't know outside the industry is that there is a percentage of tip out based off of your bill. Mm -hmm. So therefore, if you decide that you're not going to take care of the person performing the service for your experience, they will then come out of pocket to pay for your meal. Yeah. They don't know you. They don't. Sir. But they hear. But they hear right and now. They, they think they have opinions. And you know, I mean, everyone has an opinion. Absolutely. You know, say what you got to say. But you might be wrong. And you know what? And, and that's okay, too. That is okay. That's okay. That I'm is not okay. always right. I mean, I'm not always right either. But, you know, I'll listen to you. You'll listen to me. Mm -hmm. And we'll get it done. True. Yeah. Aw. Right. Yeah. It just when I think of potential guests, confirmed guests that are that are in the pipeline, I want I want it to be in reference to highly topical conversations, mm -hmm. right? So there are so many different aspects to the hospitality experience that you know, I think sometimes we forget what goes on, you know, in the sector, which is the wine world, mm -hmm. you know, and also there was just, you know, such an uprising in, you know, civic protests. Yeah. You know, because of like racial, racial inequities, but then also you have to take a step back and look at brand partnerships, right? Like the, mm -hmm. the feeling and the the weight of industry excuse me pardon me influence or culture on the industry True. like what does that what is what does that translate what is what does that mean uh and yeah those have those have real real effects yeah. to where, where you know because you have x amount of followers on instagram you feel as if like you can create something that people have spent their entire lives perfecting. Yes, that's, that is accurate. <laughs> I could, I think that whenever I think about influencer culture in the food and beverage industry, I think a lot about the fact that people aren't coming in to help restaurants do that necessarily because not everyone can afford that luxury. So now you're splitting that new responsibility of like trying to market yourself and your business on the backs of overburdened people already. So like every picture you see is probably not a photographer coming in to do it necessarily. It's a chef, a line cook, a general manager, a server taking time out of their already like busy schedule yeah. to make this thing happen, to bring yeah. more people in who ultimately 
don't necessarily care about the people who made it happen. They just want to take a really nice picture of the thing that they saw online. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so they'll hold up their phone and be like, I want these. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, cool. Do you know anything? No, it just it looks really pretty. Oh, Do you have any me. allergies? Because all of the allergies are inside of that picture. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. Okay. I love customers. <laughs> Same. Yes. Same. Yes. You know, yes, absolutely. And then another part of guests, right? Mm -hmm. is, excuse me, not guests. Well, yeah. Guests. Guests, guests here. You know, guests on, on this platform. It's, it's a full accountability spectrum, mm -hmm. right? Because there have been platforms that have been established that have done, you know, really some substantial work in spreading awareness of internal darkness within some of the most prestigious environments, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, that brings me back to media. Yeah. You know, it's just like, yo, are you, are you not conscious? Are you not, you know, mindful? And do you not really believe in the due diligence of vetting who you're supporting it's a very you strange know? curtain culture i would say in, culture. yeah you know like i like tarot cards all right well and <laughs> there's like teach me there's um <laughs> the the nine of cups has like huge curtains in it and the whole thing about that card is everything in front of it is like really presentable and put together and you feel like you've accomplished so much but behind the curtain, there's still a lot of work to be done. And I think that's where we're at in the industry. A lot of places look real well good, said. feel real good. Well but as soon as you turn the corner, it's like, damn, why do I have to stop giving this person money when I really like their product and I have used it for so long? Right. And now it's like, you know? Right. Well, it goes back to what I had mentioned earlier it's just like if you're going to champion for change you have to provide a road to redemption exactly right and so that is so important to be able to talk with individuals that may not share the same point mm -hmm. point of view like you know you know i you have, have your experience but i get it i know <laughs> it's just like you know, i'm gonna grow it, up yeah no it's okay it's a uh, you know your experience in back of house, my experience uh, in in front of house, and really drawing those drawing those alignments between both of them. It's mm -hmm. it's always been you know them versus us, and like and blah, 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 which blah, is like wild when it is like literally if there was no front of house, like cooks, we shouldn't talk to people. <laughs> We should not talk to people. And then like with front of house, it's like if we weren't back there, like making food, that's a job market. Well, and also I'll say that, you know, some front of house people have no business talking to nobody either. So I mean it goes both both ways, actually. Yeah. So it's just it it's weird that there's always there's always been such a division when we are literally on the same team. Absolutely. And I'm not gonna lie. I did grow up in kitchens where it was like, you know, everything is a front of house, house's fault. And like, <laughs> we were brainwashed to believe that. And it wasn't until like, 
I was in a kitchen and like realizing that I'm being the asshole that my boss was that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe we should have a conversation and figure out like why it is you feel the way you do. Why does I feel the way that I do? And maybe we can meet in the middle. Maybe. 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 Or maybe I just need to like have a food truck. That's just me. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, or I'll just ride off into the sunset and be like, well, you know what? I tried. I mean, I really tried. Bye, Felicia. We out. Right. (laughs) And that is where it's, you know, the over overarching theme of wellness. Right. So mental wellness, physical wellness, financial wellness. What's that? Like, you know, like, like these are real, real things. And, you know, shit yeah we're gonna talk about all of it yeah all of it all of it in time in time Mm -hmm. in time yes one episode at a time so so justin when when the when the world comes back in whatever in whatever fashion yes yes Mm -hmm. um what are some of the uh highlights that we can you know look forward look forward to (laughs) well so Thank you so much for asking. No problem. <laughs> I, I again, want this to be a community platform and a community resource. So what that looks like is, you know, is going to be ideally as unique and diverse as the community in which we are structuring. We're, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're structuring and then also being a part of you know so you know there'll be video content yes um there's nothing wrong with you know having recorded audio of like zoom conversations Mm -hmm. i think that that's necessary and i think that that is a great a great asset i do want to look into more richer and sustainable content Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to start having a, you know, kind of live, live broadcast format. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also really bringing in all different elements of the hospitality experience. Obviously, For we sure. do have some some brand partners, but then we also have great relationships with with artists that, you know, we all know that the creative thread runs extensively deep mm-hmm. within the hospitality industry. Uh but then also on top of that wellness is another thing so yeah. how can we how can we structure the community in which we're trying to build to challenge and expect more from their collaborators right like i mean you know what the original form of social work is right tell me it's feeding each other literally literally this is the oldest form of social work and we have turned it into this well <laughs> so i think it's time to go back to that right <laughs> yeah I, I, and i yeah. think that by like bringing forward a lot of the like parts of the service industry that sort of build it all into one and like you know extending a little bit on the relationships that um different um spirit companies and spirit free and, and spirit free com- and spirit free companies 
Um, <laughs> I think by getting people to learn a little bit more about food and beverages will help connect them to our community a little bit more. Oh, absolutely. And I think that by highlighting certain brands and houses and talking about <clears throat> mental health and well-being and having the extra content online so you could like, you know, put a a face to our beautiful voices. Oh, absolutely. And then also give you the tools necessary to build out a well-rounded ecosystem, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and with yeah. our new friends and our new family. That's you, Max. What hey. up, Max? Max is our writer and we love him. He's amazing. So he keeps us, he keeps us together on task. Absolutely. So, yes, <laughs> the, the journey to this podcast, you know, was really, you know, just anchored years ago in like consumer curiosity, right? Like I was bored as shit with brands. I was bored with like certain activations. And I realized that just like this dude was bored. There's probably a lot more other people that were bored. So I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted to figure out a way to promote creativity promote curiosity but have tangible results to it mm -hmm. and hospitality has always been like this like really pliable industry because it's i mean it's open air yeah you know um and i wanted i wanted to i wanted to challenge brands i wanted to challenge marketing i wanted to challenge like some of the artists that i worked with and just like, what would it look like to bring people into, you know, your messaging, into your world? It would look like putting that thing down, flipping it, and reversing it. <laughs> Bada boom. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, it would look exactly like that. And you know what? It probably felt that, mm -hmm. that, same, that same way as, as well. And there was always this massive push of digital, right? And... I saw digital as a as a microphone and I wanted to pair that with physical immersion. Yeah. And by walking a very fine line as we do at Beco is we're blending the art and media industries with the hospitality space and it's where we can design your brand online, but mm -hmm. we believe that sweet spot is the immersion into the messaging that we conceptualize and integrate all yeah. the way through. And as an extension to that ethos, we created Garnet. And Garnet is a, it's brand possibility through the, through the culinary lens. Yeah. So it holds potential brands and collaborators and venues to task to not just have another dinner because, you know, that's great and we all got to eat and mm -hmm. that's real. Um, but it's less about making sure that everyone leaves full, but making sure that like their spirit is enriched, yes. that their curiosity is elevated. And when they interact with another brand for them to be like, y'all should be doing some, some shit like exactly. this, you know, because building each other up. Absolutely. 
And so instead of being complacent, you know, which is like, oh, okay, well, there's some lame shit going on. It's just like, well, there doesn't have to be lame shit. And also you can, you can really work amongst your community and breed creativity together. Yeah. You know? And so as much as Garnet is, you know, a culinary endeavor, Mm -hmm. it's highly collaborative with just, I mean, real ownership. You know, it's just like anyone that we decide to partner with or work with, it's not micromanagement. Yeah. It's just like, I believe in you and I want to help you create as freely as possible. It's like a legit collaboration. Legit collaboration. Yeah. It is the industry without the four walls. Mm -hmm. So, and since we believe that, here we are. The terms of service. So there we are. Well, this has been a, a fun episode zero zero. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I was like, ab- absolutely. You know, I do want to take uh, a brief moment to, you know, thank our friends over at Blind Barber Chicago for their generous donation of the space. Thank you so much. Of course. And then on top of that, Plants Delivered Chicago for this gorgeous, you know, foliage that, that we have here. You said that you got, you know, B? Oh, yeah. Side? You got J over there. Yeah. I got B over here. Okay, J and perfect. B are birds of paradise. Ab- absolutely. So the oxygen levels are feeling really nice. And mm-hmm. I'm also feeling a little tropical, which is nice because it's almost December. So And our beverages oh, definitely sure. pulled it together. Absolutely. So shout out to Ashley Christine of Garnet. And then in addition to that, Ritual Beverage, which is located here in Chicago, Illinois. Also, what you know what we've realized is that there's uh you know there is a secret element when it comes to cocktails and that is the quality of ice and we want to recognize ice cold justice because we love just ice out on the south side so thank you very much to to them and yeah this has been this has been fun this has been very fun absolutely because as we're getting our bearings, it's important that the community feels as if they have a voice in this. Mm-hmm. We are not an island, and we invite you to reach out via Instagram at Terms of Service Podcast or directly via email, connect at termsofservice.media. Our website is currently in development, and I will let you know exactly when that launches. But for me, Justin Arnett Graham, I would just like to say, shout out to you. I had a good time. (laughs) Real industry, real talk, no bullshit. And uh, just your girl, Nariba Shepard in the corner saying, until next time, jobless or jobless. This has been Terms of Service Podcast. If you want to pick up what we've been putting down, follow us online at Terms of Service Podcast, spelled like the words in the dictionary. Don't forget to give us a like, a subscribe, share it with your friends, share it with your mom, have your aunties put it up with her cooking dinner, put us on repeat on silent on Spotify to get us those 0.04 cents. Yeah, we love you, you know? Share the love.